Welcome back to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We're turning dreamers into doers. If you're ready to open your heart and take inspired action on your dreams, you are in the perfect place with wonderful people. Here's your host, dreamer, educator, and adventurer, Abigail Gazda. All right, welcome to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. And I'm very excited to introduce you our special guest, Dr. Allison K.J. Dr. Allison's mission is perfectly in alignment with the Hearts Unleashed podcast and mission and message because she is out here to support the next higher evolution of the whole collective to create change for the health of this planet and those who are ready to unleash every part of the magic within them. And I absolutely love that. And I'm so excited to have her here with us. She specializes in a focus on the chakra system and brings a unique perspective that facilitates massive change. So she's going to talk all about the chakras with us today. And I'm really excited for you to hear about that because she has secrets that no one else uses and can really disrupt old paradigms within our systems, within the collective to really upgrade and inspire. She is an experienced subtle energies practitioner and natural healer with holistic approach towards helping others thrive in body, mind, and spirit. She is also an award-winning number one international best-selling author and the founder of the Vibrational Upgrade System, which she is going to tell us all about today. So Dr. K, thank you so much for being here today. Hi, Abigail. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, this is awesome. I I love who you are and what you're up to in the world and would love for you to share that with us. We're going to talk a little bit about the chakras, but how did you get started in this realm? Hmm. Uh, it's more been the case. It has more been the case as Allison J came. My middle initial is J. My last name is K-A-Y. And I give my middle initial because there's an Allison K on Amazon uh, that doesn't write about what I write about. So I have four books on Amazon. Uh, three of the four are number one international bestsellers and you need the middle initial J. <laughs> yes, very, very We've got this sorted now. Um, so I guess Abigail and listeners, hi. Uh, Welcome. I'm glad to be here with you all. And I guess that I've always been this way. And so like when I was a kid walking through the woods with my older brother after school, he'd be in front of me jumping on the tree limbs and that were already broken or dead and break them more. And I'd be I was connecting in with all the elementals and and just always had this sense of interconnection of everything and open and it was safe and okay to open and be open and receive and that it was supportive inherently. And then as a teen, I learned nobody told me to do this. Nobody suggested it. I don't even know how I, or why I started, but my guidance was like, start a journal. And so what I realized once I became a meditator in my early twenties was I was learning how to connect in with my higher self and bring that voice through. So fast forward, I mean, I don't, I, there's so much I could go into. Uh, the bottom line is I had a political career as my first career. I was in San Francisco to go for my master's in English literature. I had switched that major because I was originally a psych major and after three semesters was horrified because they were just focusing on hard science and the wiring mm. of the brain and applying it to like industrial psych and capitalistic purposes. And I'm like, you're not showing me how to be the happiest, most thriving version of myself or others. Yeah. No. So then I went into, yeah. So then I went into um, a couple of other majors that taught me about like, I remember being riveted in my social thought political economy major. And then also the mass marketing one where I learned about the conditioning that we receive from advertising on TV. Um, yes. Yeah. So I ended up with English Lit as my major because it was a way to study human sociology and psychology in politics through an art form. And so I moved out West to go for my master's, but synchronistically while I waited to get admitted, 
Um, I got a job offer with a political um, organization that was electing people to both federal and state in California um, assembly to write le- who would write legislation to protect the environment. Not only who would vote mm. yes, but would write it. So I was really hitting my stride, super stoked about what I was doing and um, went up the chain, became a manager pretty instantly. And they threw me on really intense campaigns, the more success I had. So I had to learn how to handle that. And so I was walking through a bookstore and and a book on meditation basically dropped in front of my feet. Uh And so I started and I had already been like going to the San Francisco Chinatown, which I think is the best one in the country. in reading the I Ching, I had bought a book on I Ching. I was visiting there regularly. Um, I had taken yoga in my first semester in college. So I was already open um, and I was doing Native American medicine wheel ceremony. So it was, I had been following the holistic mystical path ever since launching out of the psych major mm-hmm. alongside this political career. So here I was learning to meditate and the uh, season ended, the political season ended. I helped get the first Latina woman elected to the California State Assembly. She, I was really stoked about that. She saved the last bit of green space in LA basin. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mission accomplished, fist bump. Um, but I, so I went overseas for about six months backpacking um, and having loads of fun. And that wasn't my first time overseas. And so then I came back with my master's in public administration, got out with that as I was graduating, got my first energy medicine modality, had been teaching meditation locally to adults in the community whilst completing my master's. And so um, when I got out, you know that feeling when doors aren't opening easily and it's almost like there's a block. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting you say exactly that at the moment because I was, as I was listening, I was thinking, sounds like you're, you've been in a lot of alignment for most of your life. And I was curious if there was ever a time that you weren't in alignment. With <laughs> so you spoke right into that. So could continue. <laughs> oh, it's funny. I was almost going to offer that. Like there were a few times in like my more partying version of myself in my early twenties or late teens when I mm-hmm. didn't like, and I mean a hand, less than a handful of times and yeah. I saw the chaos it created. And yeah. so I did, I, I learned, you know, you got to live in this alignment that you seem to clearly have a voice that you have to follow. Yeah. So um, that voice took me ultimately outside of my master's. I, the doors were closing. I, I was like, okay, hold on. I need to reevaluate. And what I got was it's not ready for change. Fossil fuel was still so much a part of the market. Um, people weren't ready to shift into um, alternative sources. This is the late set 90s. And so I was like, okay, so if I'm going to affect change, how best to do it now? Because I had already gone through the question of, do you go inside the system or outside the system to affect change? My master's in public administration and environmental policy. Now I was asking, okay, so how do I I affect change? And what I got was one conscious at a time. So I relied on my bachelor's, went into the classroom and taught English lit. And then alongside that was like teaching um, meditation with a colleague of mine to boys who had been diagnosed with ADD and ADHD, was also um, running energy medicine sessions in holistic health and wellness alongside my classroom gig. Um, And so two years, two and a half years into that, on a Saturday morning, I was at my kitchen table balancing my checkbook pre-digital banking and was not pleased. And I had already, like I said, traveled overseas, had a sense of adventure, had a sense of just the natural abundance and joy and and thriving of life that we're meant to have when we're in a body. And so I felt like I was looking at a cage I could possibly have chosen to be in for decades of my life. And mm-hmm. I was, I had a master's degree and I was like, I only wanted a basic car, basic housing, organic produce. Yes, it was expensive still then, more than it is now, and a weekly massage because I consider that preventive health 201. And I still couldn't make ends meet easily. And so I wasn't pleased with that. 
Correspondingly, I had my hands over one of my um, earliest clients and was we were both really stoked about the results. So I was in like session three of a package of 10. And I looked up my hands over whilst my hands were over her room and I was like, okay, how do I get even more robust results? <laughs> so that took me to um, find out at Synchronicity through a colleague about the international school system. I did what I had to do, went to the place where heads from all over the world came in and candidates like myself came in from all over the world, got interviewed, uh, got job offers and chose Asia. So I moved to Asia for 10 years and ran the energy medicine sessions alongside my classroom teaching and then administration career and to local Chinese as well as expats and did a volume of research about how energy flows and um, how consciousness works and became a yoga teacher trained in India, became a Qigong teacher and had ultimately got trained in five different energy medicine modalities. So 10th year, I get my PhD as a holistic life coach. I'm writing my first book, What If There's Nothing Wrong? That came out of my dissertation. And I came back into the States, dropped my classroom teaching profession, went, took this energy medicine and work in consciousness and play in consciousness full time. Mm -hmm. um, and I've been doing it ever since with the understanding that, man, and this is a realization I had when I was writing my What If There's Nothing Wrong book, the first one that started as my dissertation after being immersed within Asia for 10 years. And I mean immersed. I was one of the expat teachers who lived downtown immersed. I didn't choose a teacher provided housing. Mm -hmm. um, so I was doing like, you know, the Home and Gardens TV show, International um, Living, where they go uh -huh. house hunting around the world, house hunters international. Yeah. I was doing that before it was even a, a thing, a show. <laughs> <laughs> Using their stipend. Yeah, my stipend is part of my contract to find housing there. So I can't, I realized like, man, if people in the West only understood that there was only first only knew enough to value consciousness and subtle energy and what happens in the invisible, but then also understood how it works, we would have so much more thriving. Mm. As you say, we would unleash so much more thriving rather than mm. the suffering that seems to still be a part of, of living in the West. And I am not saying it's ideal in the East whatsoever. All I'm saying is this felt like a missing chunk. So that's been my mission. So how's that? Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> and I was thinking about your, your gift, your brilliance, what you know, first off, thank you for sharing all of that, like the education and the culture. There's a, a beautiful mixture here. And I would love for you to kind of share with us uh, we were talking before we hit record about the chakra system and how, well, maybe from your personal perspective too, is what you've noticed in living authentic. Because it sounds like you've known yourself for, for much longer than many of us. A lot, of, a lot of us have grown up in a lot of conditioning and we're not um, very aware of ourselves. We're more present to, you know, what people told us or how people taught us. And, and so um, I think there's that um, the word that wants to come through right now is like a hankering, but like a, um, good. yeah, like an, it's something from within that's really urging itself out and, and nearly pushing itself out, but can't seem to break through the barriers of our energetic blocks. And so I would love for you to share your insight on that and, and how we can live more unleashed and, and begin thriving in, in more authentic ways. Well, that's a really different question than talking about the chakra system. Uh, Okay, go, go wherever you're inspired. <laughs> um, well, I think what you're asking is really helpful right now 
So where I'm going to go with this, Abigail, is in 2011, uh, so I had been back for like a year or so, and I had the worst culture shock coming back to my home culture. I mean, it was rabid and intense for about a year and a half. Like I remember working on one client's toes. I was balancing the central nervous system at the start of recession, and she used the phrase figuring it out. And I was on my knees down at her toes and her feet around these rock salt foot lamps I have. And I remember like still having my fingers where they needed to be on her toes and like falling backwards, not literally, but it felt like that to reach the person I would have been who would have said, figuring it out. It was so far away from who I had become, even though it's like such a common term and has been for decades. So there is a dominance. I love what you said too. Let me back up. You said something about um, have enough presence at the moment to know that something inauthentic was being presented to us, i.e. through our conditioning, for example. And that wasn't fun for my dad, for sure. My mom understood it a little bit more, but it just wasn't fun for either of my parents because as a teen, because I was aware of, and I was present to, thank you for the reflection, it was very valuable. Um, And what was required of me, thank you, was to rebel against their plan for what my life should look like. And so it showed up as a fierce teenage rebellion at times because I, I had to listen to my voice and I fought for that. And I mean, I I have a loving, beautiful family and great relationships with them all. So it's not like, you know, that kind of trauma and drama, but it was, it was definitely, I have to follow this voice. You cannot tell me your worldview. It will not work. And it was just a no. (laughs) That's, That's really impressive because that's where a lot of us lose our way, you know, is we listen to our elders or we think people know us better than we know ourselves. And your, your your inner authority, your internal compass is, is really strong. It is. And Abigail, I feel like it might give more value. I will get to the chakras, um, but I feel like it might give more value if we go with this because you brought it. Yeah. Um, so that's courage. I know I've been told I have cojones of steel. I remember one time, just briefly, a story. My first weekend in Taiwan, uh, I was there earlier than most of the other expats because I wanted to get grounded in the culture. I didn't want to be, you know, professionally presenting to students what they had to learn when I was ungrounded. So I traveled my first weekend there and uh, I had been learning some Chinese to be able to speak it, but was basically matching like characters to maps in my, in my Lonely Planet guidebook, you know, <laughs> yeah. at, the tra- at the train stations. And thankfully enough, people in Taiwan had English that they could help me. So I went to Ali Shan and I loved it because it's also partially like Allison, Ali Shan. Shan means mountain there. My name actually, I got given Allison JK. Ker Ai Li is what I got given for a Chinese name, which means uh, love and light. So I went to Alishan, this mountain resort uh, area, not really resort, like Buddhist temples are there and, and Dao, combination Buddhist and Taoist typically are the temples there in Taiwan. And so I wanted to get cedar, part of me. Yeah, cedar, because I wanted to be able to cleanse my new place as part of like, you know, the sage cedar um, sweetgrass blend that the Native Americans used that I had been using. And they had translated it falsely um, in the botanical name. It was actually Cypress. So mission field, but it was still a great venture. And when I came back, <laughs> I t- <laughs> Um, the, my colleagues, when they found out that that's what I did my first weekend, were flabbergasted. You traveled alone? And, and, and I, I hadn't thought twice about it, you know? And so by other people reacting to my choices has really been a window for me to understand myself better of like, I am not normal in the level of courage. And, and I think that when I do the vibrational upgrade clearing statement, and when I teach my people to do the vibrational, to become vibrational upgrade practitioners and they're running a clearing statement on their people, their clients, I list imprints from parents and lineage. 
So from ages zero to two, we are, don't separate from our parents. We think, feel what they do. At two, that's why the double two start. We say no, because we're starting to individuate. From two to eight, we're sitting there with a relative. I mean, what I understand now is that through our cellular memory, past lives proliferate as we form as a fetus, an embryo into a fetus. So that's how that stuff. And then I access that through the chakra column. I'll talk about that in a minute. But I'm clearing out imprints that happened from ages two to eight and from zero to two from our parents' view of the world that we inherited and didn't even recognize that it's their view of the world. But we're also at ages two to eight. How does this work? Okay, so if my older brother is getting all of this attention from my dad because he knows so much information and I want all of that love cool stuff he's getting. If I'm like him, I get all this information, then I can get that yummy feeling that I want. And yes, I'm talking about myself. I'm using a personal example. And so we'll have a conclusion unconsciously of if I do this, then I get love. But what that can lead to in a person later is if they're not conscious with it, because it is an unconscious conclusion, then they could be totally information dependent and then it becomes a block. It becomes in excess. So they could be um, immobilized from taking action because they just need to do more research, for example. Like they're presented with a choice they know is going to rock their world and change their life for the better. And they're paralyzed in research instead of taking action. More information, more information. Does that sound familiar, listeners? <laughs> we have a good culture. This is so juicy. I'm just listening <laughs> and loving. And keep, you keep flowing and going because it's, I mean... This is very educational. This is very self-educational that if the listener were to be receiving what you're saying and look for themselves where those things happened or where they looked for that validation information and then their identity formulated around it, you know, you're you're nailing it and it's beautiful because it's it's so you're creating so much awareness, so much availability for awareness. Mm, excellent, Abigail. Glad to hear that. Yeah. Mission accomplished. Yeah, right. So then how into the shift of how would you, up, you're talking about the vibrational upgrade. We can go that direction. And so you're looking at all this with somebody and then how do we, how do you perform an upgrade or how can we go for that? Okay. So I just want to complete that. There is stuff like, you know, when you first learn about the law of attraction and you want to manifest and you hear those really groovy uh, or fun or like inspiring, oh yeah, like you can get there. And then when you start applying it, maybe the first part of me after the first two months or so, you're like, this isn't working. And you make that conclusion and you're like, oh God, this stuff doesn't really work. Many people go there. Yeah. So I have a, I have a lot of my people who come to me and who work with me at the higher levels. Um, when I say higher levels, I enter a program. They don't just like do one-off events um, or they buy products from the store and then they start working with me directly. They, under, they say to me, Allison, you taught me the how. So I learned that stuff. I learned that there was another possibility, but you've taught me the how. So vibration upgrade does that because you can't approach the law of attraction and manifesting from your head. You have to have your energy body aligned. You have to have clearing of the ego mind and ego is attached there because ego talks about personality level self, yes, yes. not just mind, it's ego mind. That's the Buddhist term for what we're working on when we meditate and what we're observing when we meditate. So in that slew of the clearing, um, what I'm also clearing out is the karma, like I talked about, that can get in through the cellular memory, um, past lives, 
in through the cellular memory, and that can include contracts, oaths, vows you've taken in past lives. Um, like some people have the vows of poverty when they were a monk in a religious order. Then there's trauma, and it's ensuing unconscious conclusions. Trauma has to go into the subconscious, so it locks down depending on its topic, relates to a certain chakra. Every chakra corresponds to much, including the body area it's located in. So that body could part or body area could be chronically tight because chakra means wheel in Sanskrit to English. It's supposed to be turning. So if we have any of these things and more that I haven't listed, like conditioning, um, like uh, all those unconscious conclusions. So also here's another one that will really free up a lot of people. You know, when you learn to drive and you say, put the car in uh, reverse, put the car in drive, put foot on brake, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You don't do that anymore, right? Right. No, no instructions. You just get it and go. <laughs> right. So that goes into the subconscious. So we have a storehouse back there. And so the stats are 85% of our daily choices are made from that place that stores what we already know. And I think it's up to 95%, by the way, with the th- tens of thousands of people at this point I've worked with, it's, it's higher than that. And the implication is we're going through our lives repeating the past. And then you add to that the nature of the ego mind. It was given to us to be able to navigate the physical plane. And each of this is now going into Western psych, each, which I ended up teaching, by the way, in the classroom, AP psych later on, interestingly enough, after having a decade and a half of meditation. So it was a really cool revisit. Um, our five senses have thresholds, so we don't go crazy sensing more than what we can handle because there is a lot more to sense if we could see a lot more, hear a lot more. So as you open, I mean, it happens gradually, slowly as a meditator, you, you're expanding your consciousness, so you can handle more. So those thresholds reduce a tiny bit. But the bottom line is, is that we, the nature of the ego mind is to keep us protected to safely navigate the physical plane. And it doesn't like the new and it doesn't like the unknown. Lions and tigers and bears are mine. Do I go into fight or do I go into flight? The whole adrenal cortex uh, system is based upon this premise of the ego mind being given to us to navigate the physical plane safely. It's a good tool. It's just been used in excess in the West. And so everywhere, I don't mean to just nail the West because the East has its own gig. Um, It's just different. So when we're going through our day-to-day we're making choices that are mostly repeating the past and we're geared to that. <laughs> Our system's designed to reinforce that, to keep us safe. Yes. So, yes. so if you're sitting there wanting to use the LOA and manifest something and focus on your desires, your mind may be woohoo, but your field, your subconscious and unconscious are still locked in the I, I'm wanting, like, uh, let me go at it this way. People who are rich don't look in a mirror and affirm using an affirmation, I am wealthy. They may look in a mirror and like flip their hair and be really, you know, digging their parents and their new gigs because they can afford these really outrageous clothes. I call them outrageous, nice designer clothes that might be a thousand dollars. Yeah. So, I mean, and God bless you if you're doing that, you know, whatever, everybody's choosing what they're choosing. So the point being is that, um, you don't affirmations don't work. And you don't use an affirmation if you already have the thing that you're affirming you have. You just like, I don't look in the mirror and say, I have blonde hair because I want to make my hair, you know, I mean, I have blonde hair. I don't need to affirm it. There's another part of us that manifests. There's another part of us that blocks manifesting. We can't do it from the mind. So clearing has to happen. And every chakra is what you could consider a city hub, uh, urban center. And you know how they uh, every city has like loads of interstates and highways and side roads and routes to get to it and, and railroad tracks and airplanes. 
So you could consider like every chakra, the seven main ones that we'll just focus on for now today. And ones at the top of the head called the crown, ones in between the eyebrows, ones at the throat, ones at the heart, ones at the solar plexus, ones at the sacral, ones at the root. And each of them is meant to turn as a wheel, vital life force energy or chi or ki for those who do Reiki or prana for those who do yoga. Vital life force energy is meant to turn in that region of the body because a chakra is the intersection of mind, body, and spirit. So it's a major hub. And it's also where through the spirit, I can connect in with the karma, the past lives. And then the mental part is all the levels of consciousness I have already talked about, right? So you're conscious, what you're consciously aware of, So when you're observing your mind in meditation, most of that 30-minute meditation, you're only observing your conscious thoughts. So you can't know what you concluded as a child about what it will take for you to have success or what it takes for you to earn love or why you're feeling worthy about one thing and not worthy about another thing. You can't know like when you are wanting to get over the bad boy uh, as a woman pattern and you walk into a party, unless you've done work to open up to what else is possible and clear your subconscious and your unconscious, you're going to be gravitating via law of attraction to the same that you've always known. So your peripheral vision isn't going to catch the sensitive kind guy in the corner. So we have to open up our consciousness with these kinds of clearings that I do to be able to access new choices being available and and sense that we can make those choices Otherwise, it stays like forcing it from the head. I want to manifest this new thing. But the rest of your body is saying no. And that's what the universe is hearing. It's hearing the no. So if a chakra is an intersection of mind, body, and spirit, when I go in and clear it, every chakra has uh, an area of life and, or a right to. And so the root has the right to be here. The sacral chakra is about the right to feel what you feel. The third chakra is your right to desire what you desire. So there's just some examples. So it depends on the blockage. Like if I had a father who was abusive and mean to my mother, that would have left an imprint to me that this is how relationships are from male to female. So that might manifest in I need to go for a mean guy, right? So that would affect your root chakra. It would affect your fifth chakra and it would affect your third chakra. So when you... When I start peeling the onion um, and the blockage that had been in that relevant chakra gets cleared, it releases more vital life force energy. So now the chakra can turn a little bit more and it can spread a little more vital life force energy into your mind, your body and spirit around that. I have the right to be here, for example, end up being more grounded. You end up letting yourself be more present and choose things that are going to help you with your money. Because if you're here and you're present in the physical plane, you're not up in your head only or favoring your head as we're taught to so much here because the intellect, we get that Ivy league degree. We go to the, we then um, get that great job. We then get the 2,500 at least square foot house with the amount of kids, with the kinds of cars and look at me. You can point to my success. This is me with my intellect, with my head showing my success. And so I'm all about like, you know, your real powers in the invisible. Mm. And so you can't blame somebody else. I mean, 10% of life's randomness in this karma. I don't believe that every, there's people who go, what did I do wrong to make this show up in my field? What am I thinking wrong? It's not like that all the time. There is some randomness. Take it easier on yourself and karma. But if we have over like 90-ish percent of the control over what we're putting out there, if the physical follows matter, which quantum physics has proven, traditional Chinese medicine has a tenant where chi goes, blood follows, Matter is getting created by our projections from our consciousness. Our power is within. So we can change anything. 
how's that for a start? It's perfect for a start. <laughs> and you were you were saying it's it's perfect for so many reasons is what I want, like that, that I can't just start listing all. <laughs> but sure. yeah. I, you said two really important things that stuck out to me. And one was as you were sharing about each chakra and you were talking about the each the right of each chakra and when you're working with someone and I was listening to the way that you would be clearing those and healing those and and talking about all that subconscious storage and clearing that out. And we do a lot of that conversation here in the Hearts and Lunch podcast around emotional intelligence and subconscious reprogramming. But the way that you were saying it, I was so present to you are quite literally opening up the realm of possibility for people. Okay. So let me take over, Abigail, one second and we'll come back to your second thing. Will you remember? Yeah. Okay. So bringing in my Qigong background, what I understand then, this is so great that you just said that, is when the chakras are turning um, open with more and more cleared, and so they're turning more and more, then they eventually, you know how uh, the chakra images have lotus petals around them? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so these are actually meant to be a vortex that projects out energy. So if your system is is vital and strong with the vital life force energy, not blocked, but able to flow through it, then you have each chakra actually being able to emanate out as the vortex it is, that energy. And so then your overall, that creates your overall field. And the more vital life force you have flowing throughout your system and the more uh, open your chakras are, then the more robust your field is, i.e. including resilience and uh, resistance, i.e. immunity. Mm. But that field then connects in with the greater field of the Tao, TAO. Yes. My understanding of that, and I wrote about that in my second book, at the end of my second book, Vibration Upgraded, Conspiracy for Your Bliss, I'm talking to a yoga guru who came from India, opened up Kripalu, the first yoga center in America, lives down here. I went to him and asked him, hey, what's the effect of me running a gajillion energy medicine sessions back to back, day in and day out? And I came to ask him, ultimately I came to understand from asking him, hey, Guru Dev, if if prana or life force or chi is, is... is the way it is. Does it is it like another way to say love force? He said, yeah. I said, is it another way to say soul force? He said, yeah. And so that matched with my understanding of everything. The core of existence is that unconditional love, and the divine wants that for us. And so yes. it's in the field with the trees. It's in the rocks. This this chi. And so there's this greater field mm-hmm. that I now, with my third book, Reasonable Dragons, how to activate the field of possibilities where logical magic is the new norm. And I am bringing in the logic so that it's not just magic. And, and, and so you understand how it works. There are mechanisms. Like I said in the very beginning, it's my mission. There's a science to how subtle energy works. So when we have these chakras open and emanating because we've worked on our subconscious and our unconscious conclusions like life is meant to be hard um and so you know it's not tucked in the subconscious we also just have these unconscious conclusions or people nowadays and now thankfully talking about it more calling them unconscious biases so when yeah. that stuff's cleared out and there's more energy flowing out of our chakras emanating out and our field is stronger it then has more ability to connect in with the greater field of unlimited possibilities yes yes it's and so it's and it's all that allness. It's all that oneness. And I, I appreciate it. And, and that actually does lead into what I'm so grateful you mentioned about how our ego mind is a survival mechanism, but really for our safety and for our for our sanity, right? Because yeah. Um, yeah. I cannot tell you how many clients will say, how many times I've heard through the years, I wish 
I wish I knew more. I wish I had, I had access to more. I want it all now, you know? And it's like, you would, you would literally spontaneously combust if you could sense it all right now. And you're only ever getting downloading as much as you have the capacity for, or that is pertinent for your, where you are on your journey and your path. And I think there's a lot of, just like the way that you said it, I really wanted to bring it back because a lot of people are wishing for more when in fact, that it's perfect for now. And they'll be given the next, the next bread. I always call them breadcrumbs, but the next breadcrumb at the next moment at the perfect time. And particularly, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking of my own journey. Yeah. As I, as I've been a yes to spirit taking over my life, as I've been a yes to the surrender of my ego's uh, desires or expectations to what spirit has in store for me, I can hear so much more. And sometimes I don't know what to do with all that I'm hearing, right? Like it's, it is a little bit overwhelming, especially if you are an energetic yes. And now you're clearing yourself emotionally and you become, you volunteer for this and you surrender to it. It's, it's a little like, I'm, that's also something to navigate. And so I just, yeah, it's really beautiful. And I'm grateful that you dropped that in there because a lot of people it's ego. Yeah, are trying to accelerate faster than, than natural. Well, it's being driven from the ego, which is more faster. Like even, even like what I'm doing, I have a six figure business, man. And, so, and it's great. And I love it. And um, I'm working with these great people that are beautiful. And yet like the sense out there, I've been really aware of this this year. The sense out there is like, I'm supposed to want more. I'm supposed to, yeah. I'm supposed to want to explode my YouTube channel. I'm supposed to want to build this huge following. I'm supposed to want to have 800,000 followers um, attending an event. I'm supposed to give the numbers of how many people are attending my events. Yeah. It's like, no, that's ego. Yeah. I am like, setting these people up who are leaders to go out in their community and have more light. And, yes. and, and then more the rip. I mean, like who it's just yes. all so much of it's ego, and so is that impatience. Um, it's just you're getting like does that saying? What is that saying? Like you're actually being protected by some things not happening. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Which is which is such a. I think that for many, our life, the, the the journey, the lesson of this lifetime is patience because we were, were the information age, the technology age, there's much more instant gratification. Totally. However, spirit, spirit doesn't, I know it's like that in the 5D, but we are not in the 5D. We are, for as long as we've got bodies, we are operating with the physical realm. We're operating with the concrete. We have to honor the mechanisms of this realm and, and we can learn to work with it and manage it, but not by bulldozing it. And so um, I think this is Love a it. big lesson, a big lesson in patience and grace. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it is. It's really interesting. And I love how you just said what you just said and what you just said. It's because I know that I can talk really quickly and it's not because, I mean, I've lived all over the world. I've taught, you know, I, it's, it's, I have to speak a certain, I'm a public speaker. I have to speak a certain speed so people understand me and they pass their tests. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but I speak, I, so it's not because I originally come from the Northeast. It's that's long decades past. Um <laughs> It's that when my vibration, when I am higher and when I'm hitting a breakthrough, I talk so much quicker and, and everything speeds up. So I feel like as the 5D comes in and we connect, we connect, it's not that as it comes in, as we connect with it more and bring it into the 3D, there's a speed there that I think we can perceive. For those of us really on the, on the front edge, I don't mean those of us just starting with the law of attraction and learning how to discipline your impatience. I don't mean that level of impatience, nor the instant gratification generated impatience. But Abigail, you brought up such a great point because I know in this 20-year window from 2012 to 2032, we're in a massive rebalancing. And tw- the first 10 years has been about cleansing. I mean, you can 
I'm not going to comment on COVID, but you can, I was talking about the cleansing that ultimately COVID was a part of since 2011. Why I'm saying that is we're like in a turning point now in the second half of what's considered humanity's greatest evolutionary leap. And I feel like we're in a turning point with the recognition more and more of the impacts of social media and the impacts of instant gratification and learning how instead of like going, look at all that's available, learning how to now come into balance more with the physical and the internet. And I love that you just said that because it, it's it, it, in total trust in everything yes. that's happening and that if a different choice is needed to redirect the route, we'll also get that different choice brought to us. Not mm-hmm. trust where we don't do anything, we're passive, you know, mm-hmm. but we, we, we change gears or change direction, change course as, as needed. And yeah. I, I love that you just said that because for so many reasons, yes, and patience does seem, and I mean, I have people who work with me and, and they're like for two years and they're getting results that I got like in my fifth year of like doing this work. And I'm like, well, I mean, I got the vibration upgrade coming through me because uh, I asked, how do I get even more robust results for my clients? And here it is, right? And so they're moving really quickly. And even at like year two, I'm thinking like, my God, man, this, and I say out of my mouth frequently, like, you know, people would go to ashrams for decades to get to this point. And you're in year three of working with me. I mean, so the amount of um, impatience for life done in a more 3D, non-awakened state to apply it over to like, we don't go into our gardens and yell at our, our, our seedlings to grow. We don't pat the gr- like stomp the ground around them saying, would you hurry up and grow? You, we just, so the spirit and this kind of path has that same kind of organic inherent nature to it. You can't, they don't translate. And I love that you point out like that's so ego, the, the, the desire for it to happen faster, the pace and, and, and maybe the measurements of success or the right. measurements of enlightenment, because even God's <laughs> spirit, right, is, is so patient because it's, there's this whole timeline. There's this totally it's eternity. I'll be here, you know, like, yeah. all right, whenever. And so um, it's all just so beautiful. And I, I, speaking of uh, I'll be here and time being endless is I'm pretty sure we could jam out for hours and hours yeah. and we are going to start to wrap it up because this has been so brilliant, but I really think it's so potent too. We, there's a lot packed into this conversation. So I just really want to thank you for being here with us and imparting some of your knowledge and your brilliance and your light and love. How did you say light and love in, in uh, was it Taiwan? Uh, well, my name, um, I Lee. I love and Lee is light. Ah, I love it. So thank you for being that here with us today. Oh, thanks, Abigail. It was a joy. I really love jamming out with you. Really great. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, I look forward to staying connected. And and I look forward to our community being able to connect with you. So how can someone who loved this conversation, would love to work with you in some capacity, how can they get your books and, and meet you and learn more? Okay, on Amazon, it's Allison with one L, J, middle initial, K-A-Y, last name. Uh, my website is that same spelling or vibrationalupgrade.com. Uh, there is a free Facebook group, Vibrational Upgrade, um, if you check that out. And then if you want to know how to work with me, go to, to my website, vibrationalupgrade.com, and click on where it says work with me. wonderful what a a concept (laughs) i love it i i think that's the best tab there is and so thank you 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 
And Hearts, I hope you got exactly what you needed from today's uh, conversation. And also, if you want to meet Allison, work with Allison, join that free Facebook group, Vibrational Upgrade, and be sure to head to the show notes at heartsunleashed.com where you can click on all of the links that will lead you directly to Allison. So thank you for tuning into the Hearts Unleashed podcast where we are turning dreamers into doers. We love you. Thanks for tuning in to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We hope you found all the inspiration that you needed today and that you use it to take the next inspired action on your dreams. If you love the show, share it with a friend. We love spreading the love. For more information, to listen to more episodes, or to shop Hearts Unleashed, visit us at heartsunleashed.com. See you next time, hearts.